0: John chapter 16, verse 5. Jesus says, I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. They're just concerned that he's leaving. Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness, and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father, and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. Oh, come on. There is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. Isn't this interesting? There is so much more, Jesus says, that I want to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. You can't handle the truth, right? But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Let me just say this. They were not impregnated with the spirit of God. So there were certain truths that Jesus would have told them that they would have missed because they didn't have the capacity to receive what he was going to give them. So he said, when you get the spirit of truth, you'll be able to understand truth. It's like he had to give us the gift in order to receive the knowledge. Isn't that interesting? So there is so much more that I want to tell you, but you can't bear the truth. You can't contain it. You don't have a capacity for it. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. So Jesus is telling us that we are going to receive, not only are we going to receive the Spirit, which we see was established in, in Acts chapter 2, but, but Jesus said that we would not only receive the Spirit of truth, but we would actually be able to handle truth. We'd actually be able to handle the things that, that we don't know. We would have a greater capacity for what truth is through the Spirit of God. How many know that there's one thing to have truth, there's another thing to experience truth? Right? Are you with me? How many of you guys have ever heard something before? It was true, and when you heard it, you didn't really have the you didn't have the grip for it, right? You you heard it, and you were kind of like, "It's okay," but later that truth became very real to you. And I believe that this is kind of the analogy. Or, what Jesus is saying in this moment. But the word that Jesus uses when, he, when he's talking about him, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, is the word advocate. The word advocate. And there's many different translations use different words for this. Um, he, in the NLT, which we're reading here, says advocate. Other translation says when the counselor, you guys have heard that. Other translation says when the comforter comes. Other translations say Helper. Now, why are we using, which one is it? is it? Is it comforter? Is it counselor? Is it helper? Yes. It is all those things. The word, the Greek word that we have, and I think that the translators have had a difficult time with it. The word is parakletos. It is a, is a Greek word. Now, now, this word isn't to be confused with paraketos, which means small bird. Right? <laughs> but it's parakletos. Not to be confused with dove, right? Right? Are you guys with me? The Holy Spirit's not a dove, right? That's, I understand that that's sometimes that's our, our vernacular for it. Um,. Again, not to be confused with Paracletos. it's parakletos. And that's from two words. The root word is para, which means alongside of, and litos, uh, which means called. So the Holy Spirit is the one that is called alongside of you. And not just alongside of you, but inside of you. So when Jesus went to the Father, he called the Spirit to come and dwell and live inside of us to help us, to comfort us, to be with us, to be a counselor for us. And we're going to talk a little bit about the paraclete. What does that look like in my life? You guys ready? We're going to, we're going to jump through this today. Number one, the paraclete, he comforts us. Everybody say comfort. How many of y'all like Comfort. Oh, don't we love comfort? Man, <laughs> are you with me? We love, man. We we uh the 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 day before we we started meeting on Sundays in this building, we had been working all week. And so, uh I heard I've been wanting to get one of these mattress toppers for our bed, one of those like memory foam like You know, like glory bed things, because we had laid on one somewhere and it was really comfortable. When you lay down, it just like, like your body, it was very comfortable, right? And so our bed was getting kind of old, and I said, well, let's just buy one of those and try them. And they weren't cheap. And so that night, I left the building like at about about ten or something, and I went to Target and I purchased one because they had it on sale. So I bought it that night, went home, put it on our bed. Uh, and just lay down on it. After I was like, "Oh, this is so good." Right? We love comfort. We're willing to pay uh, for comfort. But I was thinking about this this week. The the, the comforter. How many know that that uh, you can have a comforter, but you've got to take comfort in it. Right? It's one thing to put it on my bed. It's another thing to take comfort in it. I was thinking about uh, these these blankets uh, that they have. always called them Mexican blankets. And uh, I I spent a lot of time looking for one at my house because I thought we had one. How many of you guys have seen these? You guys have seen these blankets like this? Uh, Serape? Is that right? Eli? And so they're called Serape. So why are you asking Eli? Oh, sorry. I'm so racist. And so uh, Serape. And uh, so a Serape is, I guess, the, the... which is what they call them if you're Hispanic. And uh, so, but we call them Mexican blankets because you go to Mexico and you get them for like $5 and you give them for gifts to people. They're like, oh yeah, look at my Serape. But I remember several times in my life having one of these blankets, right? And laying there and trying to keep myself warm. First of all, they're not very big for a guy like me. It might work for my son, but it wouldn't work for me. The other thing is they're incredibly uncomfortable. They're not made with high end materials, right? They're kind of itchy a little bit. You guys know what I'm talking about. So they have a purpose, but the purpose doesn't really work that well, yeah. right? I mean, it might ke- it'll might it keep you warm, but it's not very comfortable. And so, you know, but how many of you guys have ever been, like, you spent that money and you go to those hotels, and they have, like, that big, thick comforter? You know what I'm talking about? We got a picture of one of those. You guys know what I'm talking about, the big white one, right? And you're like, I would never have that in my house because it would get dirty. How I many of you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, we should get a white one. And well, it probably shouldn't. And so you have this, like, this big old plush, comfortable. It makes me want to crawl in bed right now. And just get in there. And you have to get up under that comforter, right, to be comfortable. And I looked for a Serape this week so I could show you guys how nasty it is. Judah the other day came in, and we had this down. You all know what a down is? And it's a small down, but it's a down. It's very soft. And, uh, and it's green. And Judah came in there. And he's like, oh, Dad. He's like, look. Look at my. It's not a Serape, right? It's a down. It's actually made out of, like, feathers. Like, I think duck feathers or something. And so, and it's so soft. He's like, oh, this is so soft. I can sleep in it forever. And I'm thinking, this is like the comforter. So many people are settling for the sarape, right? And they're settling for this like cheap blanket that might keep them warm at times, but there's no comfort in it. Are you with me? And what we've got to do is we've got to make our lives in the spirit so that we can enjoy the comfort that he brings, Are you with me? And so he brings a supernatural peace. One of the things that Jesus says in reference to the Holy Spirit, John chapter 14, he says, but when the Father sends the advocate, the paracletos, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. Verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift. So Jesus says, I'm going away. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So Jesus isn't talking about the peace that you have whenever you talk to somebody and you feel better. Or the peace that you have by going off to a cabin somewhere and walk outside. No, Jesus is talking about a peace that is not available on the planet. He's talking about a supernatural peace. He says this, a peace that the world can't give. I'm coming to give you a peace that passes understanding. That even while it's difficult, you just have a peace about it. How many of you guys have ever experienced something really difficult in your life and you just had a peace about it? You're frustrated, right? You, everybody else would have just crumbled, but you had a peace. What is that? That is the Holy Spirit inside of you giving that peace, peace of heart and peace of mind. And then he says this so don't be troubled. Don't be afraid. Don't be bothered by everything that's going on around you. You have the comforter. So you just need to crawl up in bed and take comfort in the comforter and have peace through the difficulty. Listen, there will be difficulties coming your way. But will you rest in the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Because it's available. Supernatural peace. People will look at you and be like, how did you get through that? The comforter. Come on, the comforter. The other thing that he brings is supernatural joy. Now, it's supernatural joy. It's not, it's not joy like, like the world wants, like happiness and just blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It's supernatural joy. It's a, it's a peace-filled heart. But the word for joy in the Greek is kara. That means like where we get the word charismatic. So you're going to have a joy, and, and through the difficulties and through the storms and through all the junk, you're going to be able to be joyful. You're going to be able to have a smile on your face. Are you with me? Our joy is not rooted in circumstance. We don't have circumstantial joy. Like, oh, if things are going my way, I'll be happy. I forget that sometimes. Anybody else forget that sometimes? No, no, no. You are the driver of your joy because the Holy Spirit resides in you. And you have the ability, you have the keys to access heaven at any time. So it says in uh, Psalm, I love what David says, Psalm 1611, it says, You show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. So in God's presence is fullness of joy. It's not partial joy or, all just if I can get through it. No, no, no. It's fullness, supernatural fullness, filling you up, flowing out, fullness of joy. At your right hand, pleasures forever, forevermore. At your right hand, pleasures. So God wants you to have pleasure under pressure. There's pleasure under pressure. Always there is pleasure for you in every moment. Why? Because you have supernatural joy. It supersedes the natural realm. Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of God. Paul's talking about, you know, people are like, well, what about this food? And he's like, can we eat this? And what about food sacrificed to idols? And what about clean food and unclean? He's like, listen. The kingdom of God's not about food and drink, about eating and drinking, but it's of righteousness which is sealed in Jesus peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So as a kingdom citizen, you have the right and the authority to joy in the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost joy. Now, if we were, if we were a, a different ethnic church, come on, we would have someone playing an organ right there and be like, joy, joy, Holy Ghost joy, right? We would da 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 right? Come on, are you with me? I wish we would get like that sometime. But we have a supernatural joy in us to supersede anything that's going on in our life. You can go through trouble with a smile on your face, right? We don't always do it. We don't exercise it. But I'm telling you, there is great comfort in the Holy Spirit, and we have peace, and we have joy. Number two, the second thing the Holy Spirit does is he confirms our identity. I love this. Ephesians chapter 1 says, When you believed Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The spirit is God's guarantee. Now, different translations in the word there is actually seal. So it's not just like God's like guarantee, like is you know, you, you, you have the thumb up, yeah, guarantee, but, it, but it guaranteed in a way that it's sealed. It's like you go purchase something at the store and it has a little seal on there that says money back guarantee, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? So the Holy Spirit is our guarantee by God. It's our seal that says we are his. So God is going to show up in your life. The Holy Spirit is going to show up in your life and remind you you're his. So when trouble, difficulty, all those things, he's there to confirm, you're mine. When we, when we worship sometimes, we're just like, whoa, you're mine. And people are like, okay, yeah, we got that. No, 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 you don't get it, apparently, right? And he will give us an inheritance he promised that he has purchased us to be his own people. It's kind of like the seal like that you would put on a like a wax seal on a letter. Right? This is for you and I stamped it. You you belong to me and I will seal this to show that I'm the one that wrote the letter. The Holy Spirit does not bring shame, fear or condemnation for the believer. Are you with me? When you're in him, you belong to him. He's not going to bring you shame. If you are if you if you're dealing with regret, that is not the Holy Ghost. That's the devil. That's devil ministry. Shame is devil ministry. I just feel so bad. I made a mistake. Stop it. He is our advocate. He is not on the enemy's side. That's the accuser. See, that's devil ministry to accuse. The Holy Spirit is not our accuser. Are you with me? Some people think that. Well, the the Lord was just making me feel bad about that. We'll, We'll talk about conviction in just a moment. But fear, condemnation, shame, all that, devil. That's the devil. Regret, that's the devil. Devil ministry. Regret, some of you deal with regret. You say, well, it's not shame. I don't feel that way, but I wish I wouldn't have done it. Stop it. Stop thinking about the past. Enter into him. You are his. You weren't his, but you are his now. Well, I wish I was. Don't worry about that. You're his now. Romans eight fourteen, Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons or children, daughters of God. If Ladies in the house, you can take that. For you did not... Re- now, the reason why it uses the word son and it's so specific is because the son is the one that receives the inheritance. Okay? So, so get that. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship or the spirit of adoption in which we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The word testify there bears witness. That's what the word means, to bear witness. That means the spirit inside of you is saying, yes, this is the truth. They are a child. They are mine. They bear witness. Again, this is another legal term. Advocate bears witness. So the advocate actually gets on the witness stand and says, they are mine. Bears witness. So the Holy Spirit comforts us, confirms our identity. And number three, the Holy Spirit corrects us. Oh. Now now there's a whole lot of like teaching today. This is, well, the Holy Spirit doesn't convict us. And the reason why people are saying that is because they look at conviction as a negative thing. Conviction is not a negative thing. Conviction is a good thing, right? It's God when you feel a conviction about something. I'm not supposed to do that. That's, that's the Holy Spirit telling you, you probably shouldn't be doing that. He is bearing witness saying, uh-uh, that's not your identity. That's not who you are. That's what the sinner, the guy that used to be, that's what he would have done. But you're different now. So don't say, oh, that's the devil. Why would the devil want you to stop doing something evil? Now, if, if you're looking, if you're making a correlation between conviction and condemning, if you think those are the same thing, then you're Right? And I'm telling you, conviction is a gift. Conviction is the wooing of the Father. Say, well, come a little closer. Don't look over there. Don't do that. That's stupid. Come on. That's what conviction is. So conviction is a good thing. So when you're doing something stupid and God corrects you, take joy. This is God fathering you. Are you with me? And he does it through the Holy Spirit. God is fathering you. How I many know if I just let my kids run around and act stupid all the time, I'm not being a very good father? <laughs> Don't run in the street, Judah. Oh, you ran in the street. There's this message kind of going around that God kind of winks when we screw up. Right, no, he, he gets angry. Are you with me? God does get angry. It's a moment. It's momentarily. But he doesn't want us be living in disobedience, screwing our lives up. He doesn't wink at at your stupidity. He does not wink at your stupidity. That's why the Bible says very clear to hate what is evil. It's screwing you up. It doesn't change God's affection towards you, but it's screwing you up. Oh, go ahead, son. (laughs) I don't convict my child. I I don't correct my son. I'll just let him run around in the street and be like that. No, it's God fathering us. Check this out. Hebrews chapter twelve, eight. If God doesn't discipline you as he does all his children, it means that you're illegitimate. You're not really his children at all. I like the King James word for that. We can figure out what that is. Okay. Listen, correction from the Holy Spirit is not condemning our identity. It's not about, it's not saying, well, you're not my son anymore because you ran out in the street. No, listen, correction from the Holy Spirit is not condemning your identity, but confirming it. It's another way the seal says, Hey, you're my kid. Get out of the street. What we do is we we end up hate, we hate correction as people, right? Come on, how many of y'all say that? Especially us men. Come on. We hate correction. This is what Proverbs says about that. Me too. To learn, you must love discipline. It's stupid to hate correction. Another translation says, He who hates correction. Is stupid. (laughs) That's a hard one, huh? It's the New Testament. Right? He's a good daddy to you. Don't hate his correction. Don't hate the Holy Spirit's correction. He's not saying that you're stupid. He's saying what you're doing is stupid. I like saying the word stupid. Because I can't say it around my kids. He's not saying you're stupid, he's saying that's stupid. Right. Running down the street is stupid. Yes. It's stupid. Right? Yeah. Son, it's stupid. Run in the parking lot. Man, you ought to see my wife when the kids are running in the parking lot. Why I don't know the starts giving out statistics to our children. <laughs> if they hate if they hate correction, but she's a good mother, that's why. So listen, the Holy Spirit is there to correct you. I think it's just loosey-goosey. Oh, don't love me. He loves you enough to tell you when you're being stupid. doesn't mean that you're stupid. It means the activity that you're doing is stupid. So he does correct us. Find comfort in it. Find delight in the fact that he looks after you and cares for you and wants you to have an experienced pleasure. Listen, we talk about that peace. You won't have peace if you ignore the correction of the Lord. You're stepping outside of that. It's easy to sit around and claim the promise whenever we're not, when we're living outside of that. I'll just take this and eliminate that and forget this. and I'll just throw the whole book of Revelation out where God corrects his church. <laughs> the Holy Spirit doesn't convict anybody anymore. I'm like, Really? Have you read the book of Revelation? Have you seen how Jesus speaks to his church, his bride, the one he loves? There is correction from the Lord. So, he comforts us. He confirms our identity. He corrects us. Number four, he counsels us. He counsels us. The counselor, one translation, John 14, 26. The counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has sent in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you Of the things I have said to you. Now, I'm giving you guys a lot of like Greek and stuff like that because I want you to have a better grid for understanding. The word uh, remind there is, I'm not even gonna try to say the word. You guys know that I'm barely speaking, so I'm not going to try to speak Greek to you. But the word there, remind, is to quietly remind. The, the word is actually taken where we get the word uh, residue, a remnant or a residue. I have a, a cup in my office that I drank coffee out of about three weeks ago, and uh, there's, I didn't wash it. And so there's a residue of coffee still in the bottom of that cup. That's kind of gross, I know. But it, it, it will be there until I wash it out. Listen, there is a residue in you of the Holy Spirit, that can't be washed out. Are you with me? And that residue is to remind you of the things that Jesus has spoken. The nature of Jesus is in you. It's that residue that says, Oh yeah, I just I remember what Jesus said. This is why whenever you're sharing with one another and when you're talking to someone, you're witnessing to someone or you're testifying to your brother or sister, you you remember the Lord. What is that? That's that residue that's in you. you, you scriptures are coming out of you that, that you that you don't don't even have memorized. What is that? That's the residue. That's the spirit of the resurrected Christ inside of you, reminding you of the things that he said. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about right here. So he's our counselor, and he he does that by reminding us. um, Listen, when you feel lost and confused and frustrated, ask the spirit for counsel. Don't pick up the phone first. Don't go to Facebook and ask the opinion first. Go to the counselor. Go to the Holy Spirit and ask Him, Holy Spirit. He, listen, He is, if you're a child of God, He is inside of you for this reason. For you to seek His counsel and say, Holy Spirit, what am I to do here? John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He is the guider of truth. He will counsel you. You don't have to go pay hundreds of dollars to a shrink. You got the counselor inside of you. What the heck? I'm not I'm not rebuking you for doing that, but what the heck? You got the counselor in you. All things. We would rather pay the money than pay than 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 invest Tom in his presence. It's ridiculous. Read your Bible, pray that's all you gotta do. Seek the one that is in you. The Holy Spirit, not your spirit, it's all within. It is within, but it's God with, inside of you. The Holy Spirit dwelling in you. He's available. It's, you know, we, we, Siri. Siri, take me to overflow church. Turn around, you know, it does all this. Better than Siri, right? How many of y'all get bad directions sometimes from Siri? Right, or your other, whatever that other woman's name is that's on your device. Huh? Oh, that's a terrible name. Okay better than Siri. It's better than a GPS. The Holy Spirit is in there, inside of you to counsel you, to lead and guide you into all truth. Not some truth, into all truth. All truth in all areas of your life, the Holy Spirit. Why do we go to people before we go to God? We don't believe what Jesus said. Isaiah, I love this. So good. Out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. Not a shoot, but a Branch, yes, a new branch. There we go, bearing fruit from the old root. This is talking about David. Oh, it's so good. Talking about Jesus from the line of David, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. Now, the Spirit of the Lord that was in Jesus is the same Spirit that's in us, right? Right, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord in you. Some of us are like, well, I, just, I don't know what to do. Just kind of waiting. I, I hear this. I'm just kind of waiting on the Lord to tell me. I believe many times the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to move in order to counsel us. It's like, take it, look at a ship setting at a dock. How do you steer that ship? I mean, you can turn it, but it's work. The Holy Spirit, and this is for somebody today, the Holy Spirit wants you to just move. You're waiting on the Holy Spirit. He's waiting on you because it's easy for him to guide you when you're in motion. I just need some direction, Lord. Why don't you go move? Smith Wigglesworth said this, he said, if the Holy Spirit doesn't move me, I'll move the Holy Spirit. And I know that could be borderline blasphemous for some of us, but you got to understand that the Spirit is inside of you, wanting to move, wanting to function, but are you going to go ahead and take the first step and move out in faith-filled obedience and say, God, I know that you want me to do something, so I'm just going to do something. And if, and if that don't happen, then I'm gonna, you're going to turn me. You're going to lead me. You're going to guide me into all truth. You're better than Siri. He may not be guiding you because you're not responding to the nudge, and he might not be guiding you because your ship is still in the dock. He may not be guiding you because you're, you're not responding to the nudge. And he may not be guiding you because your ship is still in the dock. So there's no guiding because there's no moving. So move. I'm just waiting on the Lord. He's just waiting on you. God isn't waiting on anybody. I mean, yeah, nobody's waiting on God. God's waiting on people. I think it's the way it's been for a long time. So you're not waiting on God. He's moving. You better get with it. Sucker. All right. <laughs> I love you. Huh. Walk in an obedient faith, trusting the Spirit who won't abandon you in the moment. Well, what if I screw up? What a mistake. That's the spirit of fear. So move out. <sighs> I know I need to be talking to this person. I know I need. I just don't know what I'm going to say. Well, just start talking. Open open your mouth and I will fill it. Right. So you just start talking. Hey, I just I'm real nervous because I don't. I just feel like God wants me to. You don't even have to say any of that. Just start talking. Say, hey, what are you doing? oh yeah, boom. You start getting all this stuff. Why? Because that's just the way the Holy Spirit moves. He really, for some reason, the Holy Spirit likes to to use spur of the moment things. He doesn't really like our nice little neat little planning. Right. You need to plan. You need a plan because a plan gets you moving. And trusting that in the midst of that plan, he will lead you and guide you where you're supposed to be. So he counsels us. And number five, he confides in us. Let me go over these real quick. We're going to close at this point. Number one, he comforts us. Number two, he confirms our identity. Number three, he corrects us. Number four, he counsels us. And number five, he confides in us in us what do lovers do they share secrets they share secrets there's things that leslie knows about me that nobody in this room will ever know because that's what lovers do she's my closest friend she knows she knows me better sometimes than i know myself Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves. Because everybody's like, I'm serving God. It's good. It's good that you serve God. But I don't call you slaves. Because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. No, you are my friends. Since I have told you everything the Father told me. Listen, the Holy Spirit is in you to confide in you. To bring clarity. To bring understanding. And you've got to be so careful with this. You, you really don't. We, we What we do is a couple of people get flaky with stuff, so we just abandon whole truths. But listen, we've got to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit that we start having some clarity and understanding of the way that things are working. Listen, I'm talking about the kind of wisdom that you don't get by putting 20, 30 years into something. I'm talking about the wisdom that only comes with the Spirit of God. Some of you are going to start functioning and doing some things, and you're going to have the wisdom to do it for people. I'm looking at Eli. He's got the wisdom to do these things in his job that other uh, people that have gone to school for eight years and have 30 years of experience can't do. Why? Because he's got the residue of the spirit inside of him. And so whenever he goes and he starts functioning, he's got the favor of God because the Holy Spirit. He's got the anointing for that. We're going to talk about the anointing next week because there's a lot of misconceptions about that. We're going to talk about that. Um, But he's got the favor of God on his life. The seal on his life. So the thing is, is when he starts functioning, when he starts doing these things in his job that he has no experience for, no education, there's nothing wrong with experience or education. God uses those things to bring wisdom. But there's some wisdom that comes by the Spirit, just by the Spirit. And so some of us just need to start functioning in that and understanding that God confides in you through the Holy Spirit. Now, what we tend to do is have everybody else's answer with that wisdom, right? And you will at times. So be careful with that. Oh, let me tell you what the Spirit's saying. And if you don't bear witness with that, if that doesn't line up and you're like, huh, it's probably not the Holy Spirit because the same Holy Spirit's in you, right? Okay. And we've got to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Check this out. First Corinthians. I've heard when I first got saved and you guys have probably heard me share A lot of y'all that have been here for a while have heard me say this. You know, we start going through difficulty, or you know, we, we're like, "Oh, we just don't." Nobody can understand God. How many of y'all ever heard that? His ways are not our ways; His mind not our ways. Check us out. First Corinthians, chapter two, verse seven. We speak God's secret wisdom, wisdom that is not that has been hidden, and that is not God's, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. However, it's written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived, but God has prepared for those that love him. Bump, the end. This is what people do. No eye has seen. I'm telling you, brother, I know you're going through difficulty, but no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no, my heart has conceived, but the Lord has done. The Lord's in control, brother, the Lord's in control. We just don't understand. His ways aren't our ways. Blah, 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 blah. We're like, that doesn't help me great thanks yeah how does that help you it doesn't it's just a religious spirit blah 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 having a bunch of partial scriptures memorized that's an old testament scripture then what it says right here but do you love those butts in scripture but god has revealed it to us by his spirit No, mine is conceived. No, no, you just don't know. You're just never going to know. You just got to be content not knowing God. He's just so mystical and so out there that you'll never understand. No, 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 no. That's the way it was before we had the deposit of the Spirit. But God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Paul said, I preach mysteries. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. You can know the deep things of God. You can know what's in the heart of the heart of the heart of God. Why? Because the Spirit is in you. Because God is in you by the Holy Spirit to reveal you things that you don't know. So some of you are going to be like studying, like doing tests this week. You'll be like, I don't know the answer. I didn't study. Boom, you know it. It's not saying that you don't need to study because Scripture tells us to do that. You got the answers. You got the spirit in you to search those things. Listen, I believe just a moment that today that there's a lot of confusion, frustration, and there's a lot of peace that needs to be brought to the table, and God's going to start bringing some clarity to your life. So if you're dealing with some things, some frustrations, that you have more questions than you have answers, it's okay. You're God's. You belong to God. But let's start asking for the revelation. And listen, this is the great revelation. It's not necessarily always having the answer for the why did this happen? Listen, it's more about God revealing who he is in that. If you don't hear anything else on that, hear this. It's more about the revelation of him than it is of the why. Why did that happen? Why did, are you dwelling on the past? Or are you focusing on him, his presence? So I do believe that he'll bring some clarity to those things. Uh, based upon scripture. We just like to, what happens is we don't have the answers so we say this is the way God is. He doesn't tell us anything. Well, I don't have the answers. I guess God's sovereign so if he tells me he'll want to tell me, you better just go after some answers. All things, just, you can ignore that if you want but I'm not content with that.